Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series. Episode 9. Individual Agency in Development Theory. Where does the individual sit in development theory and practice? On the one hand, neoliberal theory promotes individualism as a basic premise for modern societies. On the other, development ideology is replete with expressions of communalism and collective modes of activity. Indeed, development literature abounds with essentialist notions of collective action in notions of participation in empowerment and social capital. So much so, it is often difficult to conceive of the individual in this context. The liberal idealization of individualism remains a key theme in development discourse, but there are inherent inconsistencies and an enduring tension in development discourse between liberal individualism and the collective ethos. For example, the so-called East Asian model of development challenges the presumption of the individualist modern society as intrinsic to the developed society. Indeed, many of the Asian tigers of the 90s demonstrated cultural norms and an expression of modernity founded on collective solidarity and discipline, a feature Peter Berger noted as an apparent contradiction. Could it be that East Asia has successfully generated a non-individualistic version of capitalist modernity? If so, the linkage between modernity, capitalism and individualism has not been inevitable or intrinsic. Rather, it would have to be reinterpreted as the outcome of contingent historical circumstances. Given that development is concerned with social change, the concept of agency is central to our understanding of development and, in particular, how locally legitimate and appropriate institutions form change or decay. It is also fundamental to our understanding of the political interface between people and institutions, including those to do with the formation of stable institutional rules of the game as the basis for shaping stable states and politics and the establishment of the institutions of economic governance that create the environment in which growth can prosper. Agency is a contested concept, and the structure-agency debate is an old one in social science. At its core, the structure-agency problem concerns itself with how socio-economic and political behaviour is to be explained. In general, the theoretical terrain is defined between those that give emphasis to structural and institutional factors that shape and govern behaviour and those that place greater emphasis on the autonomy of agents and agency. A variety of theoretical concepts have been developed to enhance our understanding of human agency. Ideas like Giddens' structuration and Birdie's habitus attempt to capture notions of free will, choice and the use of rules and resources underlying volitional action. Such ideas point to the struggle to adequately grasp the interrelated dimensions of persons and their social environments. Exploring the concept of agency in social change invariably requires revisiting the classic sociological structure agency debate. The theoretical terrains for the consideration of agency span a range of social and scientific disciplines, leading to disparate interpretations of human agency. Within these, psychological orientations with individualist approaches are prominent. For example, Alexander focuses on moments of freedom, while Thoits discusses the ability to initiate self-change. Dangerer sought to examine the constituent components of agency, while Emmerbeer and Mischi sought to define agency within a temporal framework. And Ahim defined agency as a sociocultural mediated capacity to act. 
In general, these approaches tend toward excessive focus on individualist capacities as abstract from social or institutional contexts, neglecting consideration of these as structurally analogous features of individual agency. Within sociology, life course proponents analyze social structure in terms of the situational constraints on individual choices and place a great deal of emphasis on individuals shaping their lives within fields of social constraints. A life course approach attempts to reconcile the fundamental interplay between individuals and the social structures that shape the choices they make. Glenn Elder represents a key theorist in this school, and his writings alternate between three conceptualizations of agency. One, capacity. Two, resistance. And three, transition. Two other theorists, Hicklin and Elder, emphasize three components of agency related to these conceptualizations. Self-efficacy, planfulness, and temporality. Agency in this model represents an individual capacity one that is both the result of individual differences or planfulness as well as achieved successes called self-efficacy and a sense of temporal self-reflective understanding about one's life chances called optimism. This capacity forms a proximal influence on life course decisions and also captures the social psychological internalization of more distal, structurally oriented influences. The re-emergence of agency in contemporary debates and development have foundations in the actor-oriented approach, which grew out of the relativist analytical approaches developed in the fields of sociology and anthropology in the late 1960s and early 1970s, and which sought to examine more closely the dynamics between particular human beings and the structures within which they act. The more recent approach has also been influenced by the extensive theoretical debate over structure and agency. At issue is the relative importance placed on individual human action in a social context, where the concept of human agency refers to the knowledge ability and capability of all human beings to change a pre-existing course of events in the world in which they live. The actor-oriented approach in research goes further than this concept of agency. It explores the culturally constructed variations of human agency and the concrete forms of discursive and non-discursive means expressed through different actor strategies and conceptions of power, and proposes a more sophisticated treatment of social change and intervention which emphasizes the interplay and mutual determination of internal and external factors and relationships, and which provides accounts of the life worlds, strategies, and rationalities of actors in different social arenas. Essentially, the approach provides a theoretical paradigm for analysing the ideological construction of agency considering elements of culture, identity and other socially constructed particularities. The key is to understand human agency as a necessary condition for structural existence. And while certain actions are only possible within particular social structures, the existence of the latter depends upon the continued or contingent execution of the former. This approach therefore reduces the overdeterminism of structural analyses prevalent in structuralist approaches, which posit processes and institutional structures as entirely determinant of the activity and decisions of human actors in social and political contexts. In contrast, the actor-oriented paradigm conveys the conviction that, although it may be important that important structural changes result from the impact of outside forces, it is theoretically unsatisfactory to base one's analysis on the concept of external determination, 
This approach ascribes importance to the influence of local action and actors in instigating and influencing structural change without reducing those changes to these actions and actors alone. Acknowledging actor agency should not detract from the importance of the influence and limitations set by broader structural processes as these set parameters for action by human actors engaged in social or political processes. It is important to emphasize that agency must not simply be equated with decision-making capacities. Agency, which we recognize when particular actions make a difference to pre-existing state of affairs or course of events, is composed of social relations and can only become effective through them. Effective agency, therefore, requires organizing capacities. It is not simply the result of possessing certain persuasive powers or forms of charisma. A conclusion to be drawn from this is not that individual actions alone drive structural processes, but that in analysing structural processes the best course for social scientists is to pursue our qualitative questions. What is it about the structures which might produce the effects at issue? Much of social theory related to development concerns itself with the benefits of the manifestation of individual agency in collective social forms such as the concept of social capital. Despite differences in analytical approaches, there is a growing consensus in the literature that social capital stands for the ability of actors to secure benefits by virtue of membership in social networks or other social structures. In essence, this approach conceptualizes individual agency to affect social change as primarily enacted through the instrument of collective cooperative action. This utilitarian tenet has been critiqued as deterministic and politically neutral by critics. Indeed, negative social capital may well work against individual agency in that it can lead to exclusion of outsiders, excess claims on group members, restrictions on individual freedoms, and downward levelling norms. Critics such as Francis Kleber argue that utilitarian concepts of social capital neglect complexities of contesting interests and constitutes an apolitical approach to explaining agency, particularly in terms of the ways in which poor people represent themselves. A key criticism is that positive views of the link between social capital, agency and development are flawed. In that, attempts to overcome poverty through promoting participation, institutional engagement, and the formation of social capital cannot work without a deeper consideration of the structural disadvantages of the poor and the constraints on their agency. Indeed, a scrutiny of the lives of poor people throws doubt on the utility of the concept of building social capital as a policy prescription. Others, such as Fukuyama, have argued that, although flawed as a concept, social capital is essential for liberal democratic society and collective action is a natural strategy for individuals to achieve benefit and therefore cannot always be characterized as a social good. Since cooperation is necessary to virtually all individuals as a means of achieving their selfish ends, it stands to reason that they will produce it as a private good. This private good or individual benefit is a basic premise of liberal and neoliberal economic theory which posits the essential nature of individualism in the form of homo economicus or the rational economic being. The behavioralism inherent to this approach has been much critiqued, including by Amartya Sen. For Sen, freedom is equivalent to agency in that individuals find their own voice and use it to exercise choice and act on their circumstances to initiate change. 
Therein lies an important link between individual agency and social change, as there is a deep complementarity between individual agency and social arrangements. The two are symbiotic, however, and both need consideration to ascertain the extent to which social factors influence individual freedom. Given its social contingency, individual freedom in turn generates responsibility within the individual in the exercise of their freedom, which ensures that agency is the result of a compromise between the individual and the social structure. Understanding agency in this way provides an opportunity to counter determinism of structure, in that one needs to acknowledge the experience and conditions that shape an individual's relationship with and position within the society have a bearing on that society. An individual's choices are not determined by their circumstances, nor is their decision-making predictable and inevitable, which means they can change and in turn affect the process of social change. This returns the centrality of the individual to development discourse and empowers them by this very act of validating their experience, of putting this first, provides a means of empowering otherwise marginal people, of legitimating their unique experiences and identities and focusing on them as individuals. Fukuyama also argued that excessive individualism can be destructive and social capital plays an instrumental role as a foundation for civil society which in turn has been almost universally seen as a necessary condition for maintaining a modern liberal democracy. In this approach, civil society serves to balance the power of the state and to protect individuals from the state's power. Excessive individualism, or the absence of social capital, and in turn civil society, would require the state to regulate the private sphere. Social capital in this sense could be seen as both an enabler of individual agency, but also a regulator, albeit less excessive than the state. Within international development, concepts of modernity have at their heart an assumption of individualism, and development ideology is therefore intrinsically linked to the concept of agency through the promotion of individualism within a capitalist frame. These phenomena are bound with late modernity, defined by complex capitalist economies and a focus on enterprise, economic rationalism and individualization. This has had social as well as economic effects, which include a sense of change, insecurity, fragmentation and discontinuity within communities and nations, as well as a new emphasis on the responsibilities of individuals. Economic rationalism has been accompanied by a shift to a new brand of competitive individualism, whereby people are expected to create their own chances and make the best of their lives. Contemporary analysts have drawn debates on social capital and agency into the community development arena. These approaches valorize the potentiality of collective agency for social change, subsuming the agentic role of the individual to the power of community. Ling and Dale, for example, explicitly present the intersectionality of agency with concepts of development, community and social capital. In their work on Canadian communities, they argue that they found clear correlation between individual agency, social capital, network formation and sustainable community development. They suggest there is a definite relationship which is dynamic and mutually synergistic. An individual requires a sustained level of motivation that appears to stem from an inherent sense of self-efficacy, thus prompting them to act on issues that they view as important to them individually and to their community. 
Yet, for community-level change, an individual requires the support of others in the community. Thus, they must cultivate action at a larger scale. The ability of an individual to network with and inspire others towards a shared vision is a critical component in creating the conditions for agency to manifest itself beyond the individual to the collective level. In these approaches, community presented as collective capability is the primary vehicle for the expression of individual agency. Social and institutional structure is acknowledged insofar as it is instrumental for the purpose of collective social action or to be overcome as an artifact and barrier to social change. Rather than providing for the potentiality of individual agency in social structure, they subsume the individual in concepts of community development and social change. Planet Worker, a world in development. Oh.